Good morning. Speak, friend, and enter the Bag End Book Club. I'm Nora. I'm joined by Jackson. Yo! And Autumn. I'm joined by a cup of tea. That's nice. The tea doesn't get billing. And M. I'm also here. <laughs> thought you were going to say, I also have tea. <laughs> I don't, actually. <clears throat> I've got tea, but it's very different tea. Yeah, you've got sweet tea. I've got green tea. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway. You know who doesn't have tea? Who? Saruman. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he did until you, uh, some trees ruined his fucking lawn. You, you know who got turned into a big cup of tea? <laughs> Saruman. <laughs> Saruman. Orthan got turned into a big cup of tea. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I We're going to summarize the chapters in just a second. Could I just like... I have heard about the Battle of Helm's Deep <laughs> for my entire life. That's because people well, were talking about the movie. Talking about people babies. were talking about the movie. I know, I know, I know. And I was just like, oh, it's this huge epic thing. Other movies are doing a Helm's Deep, etc., etc. Um, in this book, it's like ten pretty cool pages, and then they show up, and Mary and Pippin are smoking weed like, oh yeah, some trees took care of it, don't worry, guys. <laughs> You know what? Also, I think didn't the didn't the trees get cut out of Helm's Deep in the movie? Yes, there are no. Instead, uh, Gandalf has another whole force of Rohirrim that show Aomer, up. Aomer, because Aomer's not at Helm's Deep in the movie. Yes, yes. Right. It just blew my mind. Anyway, we should probably summarize these chapters. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants to do that? Not me. Not me. I read these at triple speed, and so I took a lot in. Um, and I'm hoping that I will retain it by having this conversation. Do you want me to just summarize the entire let's, thing? Let's, yeah, let's just do the whole thing and then discuss them. Cause, yeah. Okay, so the king and his retinue ride for Helm's Deep because they're going to get pinned in by all of Saruman's forces, which are rallying for a final blow. Uh, that is a big, like, bastion in the mountainside. Uh, they hold up there. Gandalf bounces to the consternation of Theoden's men. Uh, they hold the pass through the evening, and in the morning, Gandalf arrives with a bunch of trees that uh, were with him, and that's as the king's riding out for his one big last charge, um, and they meet in the middle and shake hands, because all the orcs are dead, routed by the Rohirrim, or eaten by the trees. But it actually doesn't say what happened to them, just that no one ever found the orc bodies. Something bad mm-hmm. happened, and then the trees left, and no one found the bodies, which is honestly worse than the trees eating them. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, uh, Gandalf said, "I think no one will ever know what happened to them." <laughs> yes, um, they all decide. Well, Theoden, uh, our heroes, and Gandalf are like uh, Gandalf's. Like, you need to come with me to Isengard immediately. And Theoden's like, "My men need to rest." He's like, "Oh, don't worry, you're not going to need your men where we're going. Uh, you just come <laughs> and bring the boys." And so they all ride for Isengard. And as they do, it's like a two day <laughs> ride. <laughs> Lord of the Rings, bring the boys. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a two-day ride, and like in the night, like a strange uh, thing, like like wave of water comes uh, and uh, washes aside, like 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 they're on like a high ground, and like there's like a flood that rushes past them. There's like a whole wave of trees that move in the night, and they're like, "What's going on?" Again, I was like, "Just don't, just don't ask questions. Don't fuck with them, and don't ask questions. It'll be fine." Um, And they get to Orthanc finally. 
Isengard itself, which is a big, like, ringed area with Orthanx the tower in the middle. And, uh, they find that it's been just fucked up. Uh, and, uh, who's waiting for them at the main gate of Isengard but Merry and Pippin, who are just having a smoke and kind of having a nap and being like, oh, you know, Treebeard told us to expect you. Um, Gandalf and Theoden go forward and meet with, uh, Treebeard. We don't see that. Um, and the hobbits, uh, you know, give the boys some food and some, uh, pipe weed. Legolas goes, uh, could we do this outside? I don't like smoke. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, they all catch up and explain what the hell happened uh, to which Merry and Pippin explain that when the Ents came to Isengard uh, the thing the Ents can do is just eat rock because you, they touch it and it like falls to pieces they like rapidly erode almost any rock they touch um, and just threw down the gates of Isengard and then all the orcs had been rushed out to attack Helm's Deep so the minimal forces were unprepared um, they attacked Saruman turned on some like, you know, steam vents and, uh, like, uh, what do I want? Like big bellows of his like machines. Uh, some ends got scalded, which enraged Treebeard. And then he ordered everyone to redirect a river to flow in through Isengard, flood all of Saruman's like machinations and rinse it all out. Um, since then, Saruman's just been locked in his tower a couple days ago, maybe the day before. I don't remember. Um, Wormtongue rode up, um, Treebeard had been told to expect him because Gandalf came and said that might happen. Um, and Marion Pippin saw him go in. Uh, Treebeard watched as he was <laughs> told that uh, everything had happened, was so dismayed, but yet when given a chance to like run away and just be a coward somewhere else, decided to continue to throw in with Saruman and swim his way up to the tower where a hand pulled him in and no one has heard from them since. Um, and th- then they were just waiting for the king and everyone to show up. And that's kind of where they're at, waiting to go talk to Saruman. Two Towers is a great fucking book. Holy shit. Yeah, this rules. <laughs> um, I uh, can also- I just, like, shout out the incredible uh, Kongming-esque scheme of flooding um, Isengard? <laughs> <laughs> great um, stuff. <clears throat> I want to draw attention to the line in Helm's Deep when um, when Anduril rose and fell gleaming with white fire. That's pretty sick. Yeah. Yes. I was um, listening to some of this stuff again as I was driving home from work, um, and like Aragorn like shone like a king, such that like the orcs like were kind of like taken aback and like looked up to the sky for a second before regaining their senses. And I was just like, yeah, yeah. Some of them fuck look over yeah. their shoulder, and some of them look to the sky. Like, what the fuck do you think is gonna happen? <laughs> um, but Aomer and Aragorn bursting out into the crowd calling their swords by their names so is, good is true boys night energy <laughs> Uthwin for the mark and Anduril for the dunedain it's good shit it's good shit <clears throat> um what was i gonna say about that um i think I was going to talk about Saruman real quick. Yeah, talk about Saruman. I think it's really funny how Saruman is so dismissive of hobbits and like doesn't like them as and doesn't respect them, I guess, as mm. much as Gandalf does. And yet, he does make sure to grab their best weed. <laughs> <clears throat> and import it. We've this all been like the there. farthest we've seen it. Yeah, this is so far away from the Shire. <laughs> I, I mean, Gandalf love... even goes, uh, "Please remember this for later. It might be relevant in the future." <laughs> <laughs> I 
I uh, I also love, um, I don't remember if it was Merry or Pippin, but one of them being like, well, I've always had this pipe with me just in case, and Gimli being oh, like, Pippin. this Pretty is sure almost Pippin. as good as Galadriel's hair. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, I love the part where they're like, well, we were told to like prevent a, present a king's feast for uh, 14, and we did that. We asked Treebeard, do you need do you need ale? And he's like, no, no, no. Everyone will be fine with water. Of course, water is good for people. So we kept the ale. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I love everyone meeting up again. <laughs> yeah. They're taller. You know, the end draft maybe made them taller by like a couple yeah. inches. It's only been a couple, like, the nine days they've actually been separated. Yeah. This happened yep. real fast. Yeah. Maybe um, a little older. Was well, that, is that a thing? I think they said that they looked a little older. Maybe in the They've eyes. just been through a lot. <laughs> yeah. Eh, yeah. Um, there's just an incredible energy to, um, like, the first part of this, like, you know, this section of Lord of the Rings being, like, so concerned with, like, chasing down Merry and Pippin and like, you know, we ran like 60 leagues in one night or whatever the fuck. Uh, and they finally catch up with Merry and Pippin just smoking weed and having a good time. <laughs> it's incredible. It's one of the best things that's ever happened in a book. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I, I really like this reading. Um, uh, my favorite bit was in the second chapter uh when gimli just like just goes off on one. <laughs> oh my god uh, he just like gets so mad at all of these like uh pastoral races that don't understand the beauty and of nature in helm's <laughs> deep they're like oh this is just caves to defend like, you don't understand this is these caves are like powerful and beautiful and should be treated with respect and someone else is like wouldn't you just mind them and he's like fuck off <laughs> would you use the pretty flowers for firewood no it's like we of course we would mind things we, it's what we do we would do it with respect for the cave the way that you do it with respect for like the trees uh just because these are like uh big brown caves doesn't mean they're any less like or inspiring examples of nature he, he, he specifically says they'd fasten lights like they had in cause of doom and then carefully open up the deep caverns where people wouldn't go so that like people could see where no living being has explored inside the mountain before yes uh, and I was like, damn, go off, go Gimli. It's so good. Also, just generally speaking, everything um, in these chapters and in the previous chapters about, um, like, Legolas and Gimli just starting to appreciate each other more just absolutely fucking hits. Um, I didn't remember that their kill counts were in the book. Oh, it's so good. Yes, it's great. It's so the thing good. I like about that is, like... Um, there's a bit where they go up and Legolas is like, uh, like still winning, but he's like, oh yeah, I ran out of arrows a long time ago. I've just been uh, like murking fools with a knife this entire it's time been, up here. It's been knife work up here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then, you know, Legolas loses the game and he's like, I'm not even mad. I'm just glad you're not dead, bro. Come here. <laughs> hey, why don't you come with me to Fangorn and then I'll come with you back to those caves and we'll explore <laughs> the beauties of the world together. They're just homies. They're I love homies. them. <laughs> you can be my wing guy at any time, Gimli. <laughs> um, what else? What else? Um, 
Oh, right, that guy. At this, uh, there's a point in this chapter where Aragorn is like, "Yeah, that," uh, or or maybe Merry or Pippin. They're like, "Yeah, that weird guy we saw as we were leaving the Shire. He might have been a. I guess he he's a spy for Saruman. Are they saying he was an Urukai? It's weird because they they start talking about like. Because there's, like, low men that are not affiliated with Rohan that, like, live to the west of Rohan in, the, like, the lowlands or whatever that have been roped into Saruman's army. And, the, yeah, there's, like, some indication that maybe that, like, there's, like, some sort of, like, intermingling of the Urukai and those men. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's nebulous and, and honestly icky, but um, it's never really elaborated on. Hmm. But that, we were, I remember that guy because... You're like, that's a really weird, loaded couple of words to describe that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it... Yeah. There's, there's definitely, like, the the moment that I just described loving of, like, Aragorn, like, stands up and, like, you know, is, like, shouting down at the orcs who are, like, you know, jeering at him. Um, there's definitely, like, as much as I love that moment for Aragorn... Like, weird racial stuff, as always, around the orcs being, you know, quote-unquote savage hordes and stuff. It's all... Everything with the orcs is just kind of bad. <laughs> um, yeah, this is, like, famously the Lord of the Rings thing, right? When people talk about it yeah. now, you talk about this is just massively racist, which, uh, yeah, yeah, man, it can be. And it's like... I don't feel like, oh, because it's massively racist, like, it ruins, like, the good things about the book. But it definitely, like, you know... As I talk about this moment I love, you gotta, like, also acknowledge, it's pretty racist. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, that stuff's, like, weird, because, like, I think there's even stuff in Tolkien's letters when confronted on, and he's like, that was really not my intent, but, uh, sucks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're just a old white guy riding in the, the 50s. <laughs> I did pick up one of the, um... One of those many uh, uh, extra things. I think uh, Unfinished Tales or something. Mm-hmm. I picked that up from the store just today. So, Oh, nice. Okay. Well, that was good. Through that at some point. Yeah. Um, I really like Tolkien's letters, uh, which are just what they say, just a bunch of correspondence that's been collected. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you get into the history of Middle-earth, which is like 12 volumes. And I, I think I read like half of those. That's hard reading. That's a lot of like, here's the like three poems that form the bones of the Silmarillion that he wrote in like the 1914 when he was in the trenches, uh, sort of stuff. Um, I, if I was going to read stuff that was like, tertiary i guess the father christmas letters really just have my interest i just want to yeah. know what those are those know? are just nice that's like an entirely different thing but yeah for sure yeah um but um what else was i gonna say oh i um i didn't get to talk about him much uh because i wasn't here last time but uh everything with aomer is good and i um really like you know, everything he's up to in this chapter as well. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Um, I just really like this, like, and Tolkien, like, goes through this so quick. Like, this is not, you know, um, a really, like, detailed portrait of a character, I think. But this, like, guy who goes from, like, aged and, like, um, all this to, like, 
king riding with Aragorn into battle, killing orcs left, right, and center. It's good. It just, it hits. It's good. Excuse you, it's Theoden. Eomer is the younger guy. Oh, yes. Eomer is the youngest guy. Theoden. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Eomer is Judge Dredd. Yeah, kind of. No, he plays Dredd in Dredd. Oh. He's also McCoy in the new Star Trek stuff. Is this where he breaks his toe? No, that's Aragorn. <laughs> um, I was you can't it's reference the... movies Autumn hasn't seen, Nora. It's the it's the Book of Lost Tales that I've got, not yeah. the other one that I said. Um, yeah, it's very yeah. I like the, um, I like the stuff with the Ents. I think the Ents just being like truly like when once they're like set to it, actually powerful. Not like immortal. Like one of them like burst into flames and mm-hmm. seemingly died. Uh, the rest of them are just got real quiet and angry. Um, but like the idea that they could just like you know touch rock and tear it apart, uh, not Orthanc. Orthanc's different, um, but all the other rock is good. Can I can I share a really dumb thought I had while reading these chapters? Is it yeah? It's related yeah, to the it's thing this. that's been on your computer screen since before we hit record. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's just a bit where um, Mary and Pippin are telling uh, everybody like what happened and like. Saying, like, oh, they just weren't ready for the Ents. They were expecting an army, and they just were not prepared for the Ents at all. Uh, and the, the the bad Star Wars line did get in my head. We can't turn back. Fear is their greatest defense. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt if the security there is any greater than on Acolyte or Solace, and what's there is directed towards a large-scale assault. I just had that in my head, and I had to, like, pause and, like, laugh a little bit and keep moving. Let's, let's be clear. <laughs> You always have that in your head. I, I guess a hundred percent of the time, a part of your brain is dedicated to thinking about we can't turn back. Fear is their greatest defense. <laughs> <laughs> you and um, uh, Mark Hamill will have this in common. <laughs> um. But yeah, the Ents are um, the best part of Lord of the Rings to me. I just think the Ents are amazing. I always want to hang out with them. I How do you feel about, about the sicko mode Ents? It's fucking great. <laughs> oh my god. Oh yeah, sometimes the trees, even the ones that aren't Ents, are kind of Ents a little bit, and they just fuck dudes up. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> they, they're a little weird. We don't, we don't, we don't talk like about them. them. <laughs> They made hundreds of orc bodies disappear. Treebird said, don't talk to those ones. <laughs> How are you, Autumn, yes. as the person who doesn't know the story of Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings? How are you feeling knowing that we only have two more chapters of Aragorn and Squad in this book? I feel good. I feel, um, you know, I I was like... I wanted to know where the rest of the Isengard stuff was going, and then I felt like I, I miss Frodo. I miss Frodo and Sam a mm-hmm. lot. Mm-hmm. I want to know what they're up to. And it hit. I think. Um, I think this maybe was last week. Um, yeah, it was because it's when they meet back up with Gandalf. Um, of him just saying, "I have. I, I. I. I saw them. I think they were going this way, but that's all I know. Um, you know." I just, like, I want to know what they're up to. I saw some chapter titles, like The Taming of Smeagol, you know? Weird, who's that? I, I want to know what they're doing. So, yeah. yeah. just Well, there's two things you can be assured of. Mm-hmm. They're little guys, mm-hmm. and they're running around. 
Um, um, I really like these chapters in how much they were like. I mean, we've talked about this before, but um, this this is a book that you would like. <laughs> very successful everyone loves it one of the most influential books of the 20th century inarguably uh mm-hmm. if i had brought these chapters to like a my like college writing workshop right you'd be laughed out the room they'd be like what the fuck have you done this is terrible <laughs> <laughs> um because uh they are like the big climactic battle scenes where mm, a lot of the action ha- you know this is this has been true for the whole book but now it's like in the actual like battles that are happening in front of us uh the action kind of happens uh all of it is just a mix of stuff that occurs uh, and a lot of it is laid out after the fact by a character saying oh yeah we were here and then we were there and then we did this and everyone's like explaining things that have happened off screen before with no uh, stakes and this is like the you know the um, uh, uh, Council of Elrond's also this right like the, Tolkien believes in what history is when a lot of things happen uh, no one thing is that important uh, like no more important than all the other things uh, but these things coincide in such a way that a thing will happen and then you have to like discuss it and talk it out and then make the best next move you can right that's like the, the driving engine of the plot of Lord of the Rings uh, and it's what makes it really good but like that's just gone from these kind of storytelling now because you are told you know mm-hmm. you're all taught that, that is terrible that's not how you tell a story and um, you know Maybe it is a bad way to tell a story for some people. I'm sure it would lead to a lot of boring stories, but it's not like that. That's because a lot of writers are bad. That's, you know, <laughs> I, if you're a good writer, it doesn't matter. And if you're a bad writer, the the guides won't help you. This is the thing they don't tell you about. Uh, um, right. That writing advice, uh, <laughs> which isn't to like dissuade people, just that like uh, you can you can improve at things and you can work at it. Uh, it's not a, like a nihilist thing, but it is saying that like the advice of good writing is a kind of a lie uh, that is sold to people for the cost of millions and millions of, of pounds a year, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And, yeah. I mean, part of this is Tolkien's not interested in an action scene, right? Like, Meredith yes. makes a big charge, but the build-up to him, like, brooding in the tower being like, Gandalf cured me, but I'm still an old man. Like, I'm still, like, out here assuming I'm going to die, and this is the last, like thing that i'm going to do as king and i'm going to do the best of it but like that's the reality of it um and then when he charges out he like does a charge and it's like two paragraphs and gandalf shows up and it's way more like oh now we're going to shake on the battlefield and decide what we're going to do next like there's no there's no narrative propulsion between like of like guys do stuff like how do you you write that and make it interesting right like there's that one bit um right when they introduce the like the 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 kill contest between legolas and gimli it's literally like four lines separate as a paragraph just to say say it's happened we don't ever get to see them do anything cool doesn't matter it be, you can't describe that in a way that's actually going to sell it more evocatively than this is what they're doing that you know what like gimli leaps ahead of lego like by one but that means he killed like 20 people because he was so far behind um at the time um and that's what's good i love it um, yeah. like the way it, 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 you don't have to describe Aragorn cutting down a bunch of Urukai. You say that his, you know, his blade gleamed like fire, but then him and Aomar are like leaning heavily on their swords, like gasping for breath in between the, like, you know, the volleys of the bad guys. Um, do people that stuff's always the, more important. Do people argue about the fire? Does the sword literally catch on fire? Cause it says, fire mm, i don't know i've always read that as metaphorical but there's plenty of, like sting lights up there's plenty of like mm-hmm. objects of good radiate light specifically when confronted with forces of evil right yeah in in lord that's just a a token thing that happens a lot um so i i really have i have i'm not of any strong opinion one way or another about it 
I don't. I don't think. I don't think we get a bunch of descriptions of it literally lighting up like um like Orcrest or Sting do, but maybe. Right. Yeah. Um, this um. Uh, go ahead. Oh, you okay? Uh, this is another change here, uh, which is different in the movies, um, that I want to highlight. Like, I know we try not to do this, but also we do it every time because we can't help it. Um, but, uh, a scene that doesn't have the same impact of the movies because they cut back to Isengard so much, uh, is the scene in, in this bit where the, like, company rides out from Helm's Deep and then, like, they finally see what the new Isengard is, uh, mm. and the reveal of, here's how it is, here's how it's laid out, and here's how it's been, like, industrialized, and here's just, like, an offhand line about here's where the slaves live. Um, it was like, damn, this is, like, uh, surprisingly, like, it's a really good, effective thing that doesn't work in the same way when you have, like, when it's just your, like, uh, Toku headquarters that you keep cutting back to. <laughs> you mean, you mean that big, like, fly-through and fellowship yes. where they go underneath and, like, show all of the, like, caverns and, and siege the, engines yes. and, yes. Uh, and, and it's so much better when they just quietly arrive on this place that used to be home for Gandalf uh, and see the way it operates. Now, I think it's a really effective scene. Yeah. yeah. Um, Wormtongue just constantly making the coward's choice uh, and not even like the like, just in the like, I'm just going to go with the inertia of who I serve. This is the guy I serve. I'm going to go up there and talk to him. Uh, he'll get me out of here. Uh, even, if it do- even if I don't know how, he's going to figure it out. Very good. Love that. <laughs> He's a wizard. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Wormtongue's actually the guy. That- <laughs> uh, Wormtongue's actually the guy that's in Three Kingdoms. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I never finished Three Kingdoms. You don't need to. Did you get the Red Cliffs? No. You should get the Red Cliffs. You should get the Red Cliffs. Can I just watch the John Woo movie? Yes, I don't so know. much. I you should watch it. it. I can't believe you haven't watched this one. Oh, it's so fucking good. But you, all in specific, you don't need to read Freaking. Just watch. Uh, you know, honestly, it's barely recognizable to Freaking. It changes so much from the actual text that I'm sure I when am watches it, they'll be is, like, oh. "Is Guan Yu there? Is he cool?" That's like really yes. my litmus. Hundred percent. That's true. But what like, movie is this? Red Cliff. Uh, Red Cliff. Uh, the okay. John Woo movie, two part film. Um, and it is a it is a two part film. The first part is not a full movie. It's, it's a four hour movie. Um, but I would split those across two days, and uh, I think you specifically, Autumn, will have a fantastic time with that film. Okay. I, I like John Woo, so um, uh, what was I about to say? Um, I would like to read Three Kingdoms, but since there's not an like existing audiobook, I will absolutely uh, settle for John Woo. You know. <laughs> yes. I keep having the thing where it's like hard to talk about this book sometimes. I'm like, yeah, this book fucking rules. I have nothing to say. Boys' night. <laughs> it's boys' night. Everyone's riding out together. Uh, it's just good. I just really like the stuff. Um, I think it is evocative and cool. I love that the ants just like fucked them up so bad. <laughs> it's barely a battle in Isengard. It's just they they show up and they're like, oh man, the ants did a number on them. <laughs> um, uh, and I, I love how much of the um, battle stuff ends up going that way. I was like, this is how a lot of stories about fights will go um, in that there are things opposing each other and then uh a new faction or new power that is representative of a metaphor for some thing you know sends what your story is about will activate and then end the the battle in a big catharsis uh but Tolkien just cuts out the part where there's all usually 45 minutes of nothing happening before that <laughs> <laughs> 
No interest. Yeah. Absolutely no interest. That's the thing. And like, you know, um, I love many contemporary fantasy novels. Um, contemporary fantasy novels love wasting my time with, um, you know, he swung, he ducked, he, uh, you know, parried. It's the, like, it's the most boring thing to read. It is genuinely the most boring thing on earth I could possibly read is like sword fight writing. Yeah. And like it, I don't always notice it because I'm an audiobook reader. And so like when, when it gets to that time, I'm usually playing a video game anyway. And so I'm just like paying like 10% less attention. Um, no, no, it's, it's then, but then when you're reading Eldest and the, the mysterious helmed dragon, the new dragon rider that you haven't seen before, he's wielding the same, like a similar sword to that guy you knew from the first book. And then he does his characteristic little twirl with his blade and you realize, oh shit, it's Murtag. He's a dragon rider. <laughs> and then Aragon pieces that together too. And he takes, he rips the guy's helmet off and it's Murtag. He's a dragon rider. Yeah. None of that needed to, for that all works without me hearing Aragon swung, Murtag parried. It's important. <laughs> here's here's my hilarious uh, proposal, uh, which is uh, rewriting the Great Ninja War in the style of <laughs> Tolkien. <laughs> Tolkien. Like seven years of comics, you could get that down to three pages. <laughs> Tolkien would have. <laughs> The perspective character be someone who passes out, and then he wakes up the next day, and Kakashi tells him all the ass that Naruto kicked. <laughs> to be fair, in the anime, that happens, because there's like 17 <laughs> episodes of them in the pods. Like, th they stop the arc to have Dreamworld episodes while the guys are in the pods, I'm told. <laughs> I was like, are you fucking serious? Are you seriously kidding me right now? Shibunim seems like a terrible show. Uh, because it's already a padded out manga adapted weekly. You know what? Actually, Kakashi explaining the Great Ninja War to Iruka, who passed out like at the beginning of it, <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> would be I would pretty love good. that. <laughs> Naruto, but Erika's the main character. <laughs> I would just be happy that Erika is still in the, in the manga. <laughs> Every time Iruka's not in the manga for two years, I'm like, where the fuck is Iruka? <laughs> And every time he comes back, it's like, yay! And then he disappears again because he's not actually involved in anything. He just kind of stays around the ninja village doing shit. Uh, we're not talking about Lord of the Rings anymore. Sorry. A bit, sure of a, a bit of a weird week. I, uh, I let Naruto learn that secret forbidden technique <laughs> as a child. It seems to have worked out really well for everyone. He doesn't get enough credit for being the guy that like invented Naruto as a you know secret weapon for the ninja CIA. <laughs> Shout out to that other guy with the white hair from that episode who probably never shows up again. Never. You mean the guy that dies? The Wait, did he even die? I don't remember. I don't think so. I think he might die in the manga and live in the anime because it was for kids. That might be what uh, happens there. Okay, well. I don't, know. I don't remember. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Who, who remembers the... It's the Raditz of Naruto. <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> Don't people care about Raditz? People do. I, I no, no. The only person on Earth who cares about Raditz is our friend Crass. That's literally it. <laughs> I, I feel like cool. I see people post about Raditz in a way that no one like. People have affection for the bullshit guys of uh, Dragon Ball Z that they don't have for the bullshit no ones of Naruto. Raditz has never come back. He doesn't matter. 
born loser. He exists you, as a function of the plot. Like I mean, Yamcha. No, than but imagine what Raditz would look like with like the Super Saiyan three hair. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, the like thing, shit. <laughs> like every Super Saiyan level three. <laughs> the thing about Raditz to me, as someone who hasn't read Dragon Ball, is I understand him less as a Dragon Ball character and more like, oh, Raditz. He's the um. Uh, like uh, Yellow Turban Rebellion. Like every fucking Dragon Ball game, you fight Raditz at the start. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> Someone's got to show up and tell Goku he's an alien because he didn't know. Yeah. He was just chilling. Yeah. He was just vibing. I um, bought that uh, collection of Akira Toriyama short stories and that's going to be just 400 pages of vibes. Sorry, I thought that was a pivot back to Lord of the Rings, so I can't... No, no, no. <laughs> Are we done? I think we're done. <laughs> I think we might be done. I, while I, I would to... love to bullshit forever, uh, M has to go to the store. Yeah. I wanted to at least get 30 minutes. <laughs> uh, the book's just good. book's just good. M. Yes. Um, I know you're going to the store right now, but other than there, where else can people find you? Well, if you don't want to find me the target in the next 20 <laughs> minutes, you can find me on Twitter at EM underscore Bing. You can find all the podcasts that me and Jackson do at abnormalmapping.com. There's a bunch of them. I think you should listen to Repertory Screenings, which is our movie club with uh, my roommate Destiny that we do every two weeks. We're about to do an episode. Actually, it'll be out. Uh, we're doing an episode on A Face in the Crowd. That movie is really fucking good. Uh, yeah, it so is. I'm excited to talk about it. Autumn? You can find me on Twitter at Atomal underscore coffee. You can find all my other podcasts at uh, exportaud.io. Um, we just did some hot singles recently, and there will be more soon um, in the new year. Um, Stairwells, as always, um, my movie podcast, uh, um, and Gotham City Limits. There we go. And Arcanum. There we go. I was trying to remember all the podcasts I do. <laughs> Jackson. Hello. You can find me at headfullsoff on twitter.com. Uh, you can find the podcast I do at normalmapping.com and you can support them on patreon.com slash abnormalmapping uh, where you can get the Great Gundam Project for a dollar a month. I said the part about abnormalmapping.com. That's why I moved on to the Patreon. Well, you said it anyway. And even though I did it so smoothly, <laughs> you didn't. You, you, rushed, you rushed as if as if there were like <laughs> rabid dogs chasing you because you knew what you did. <laughs> and you have proved me right by going, "Oh, look at you doing the outro wrong on a podcast. You're basically worse than death." Oh. <laughs> if you want to feel like dying, you can give money to the Extra Audio Podcast <laughs> Network for five dollars. Gets you Pop Town Funk. We are constructing the Funko Canada media by randomly rolling on a list of all the Funko Pops that we give a shit about. Which means no multi-pack sets and no... The ones with the little... Who fucking cares? Scenes. Yeah. We're watching movies. We're doing stuff. Next one we record is going to be the movie Death Kappa. Because we needed a movie with a Kappa in it. Yeah. Otto's in it. Otto's That's in all it. I know. Yeah. That's all we know. Um, so, $5 at exportaud.io or patreon.com slash exportaudio. We'll get you access to that and other stuff. All those podcasts Autumn mentions, most of them come out early for patrons, including yep. this one. Yep. Uh, additionally, it's almost time. New year, new EU. <laughs> um, I swear to God, if I have to come with resolutions on this other podcast that I didn't prepare for, I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> huh? 
Don't worry, it's a void by thing. I've already had what, 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 whatever this leading to. The War in Our Stars, my Star Wars book club podcast, is coming back. Oh, thank in God! Nothing to do with me. <laughs> um, we're reading the Jedi Academy trilogy, starting with Jedi Search. Kevin J. Anderson, another storied name in Star Wars fandom. We're gonna see what his books are like. See if they're any better than Stackpole or. Who are you reading those with? A variety of people. Our okay. first episode is going to be with Kim. Okay. I thought you had I... like one co-pilot for that whole series, no. so I'm glad I didn't was say who I Thrawn. thought that was, because I was wrong. I've heard these books are significantly worse than the Thrawn trilogy. I have heard that everything is significantly worse than the Thrawn trilogy. It makes me really interested to see how everything goes. But I no, do remember I, I... listening to this on CD, or maybe tape, Probably from the library. Uh, except that that's like a three and a half hour abridged version. So I know the plot. I just haven't read the actual book. I hear this um, about all of the Star Wars books after the Throne Trilogy until like toward the end of the New Jedi Order stuff. And then it's only the nerds left. And then I hear that that's where the truly best Star Wars is. Because everyone who doesn't like them had already quit by that point. So it's only <laughs> true believers in. I know vaguely of some of that stuff that happens post- uh, using Vong, and it is, um, it's something. It's all the Jason Solo stuff or whatever is, that I know people love. Like 12 books about Jason Solo. <laughs> Traitor uh, is a book that people care about. Traitor's a book that I really care about. It's a really good one. It seems good. Uh, it's a Star Wars book with three characters in it. <laughs> all right. None of whom are from a movie. I can just feel M being like, we have to go, I have to go to the store. (laughs) I was thinking about just ending my recording because there was nothing left for me to say. Just like leaving (laughs) and you could have just gone and I would go to the store. We'll just keep going for the next 20 minutes. (laughs) Read for Ruin and the Red Dawn. (laughs) 